Welcome to the Bully Pew Podcast brought to you by Protestia.com. I'm your host, David Morrill, and this program is brought to you by our intrepid patron supporters. I have actually not been very good at getting this podcast, uh, the aware, the awareness of this podcast, I guess, to the patrons themselves. I guess maybe I feel like you know, they... They have enough content from us, or too much content. I mean, certainly it's way more content than anybody should realistically be expected to fully take advantage of, and yet I suppose I should make them aware of it, since this is kind of the the VIP's VIP to a certain extent. Even though the podcast is publicly available, it is not well known, but more more importantly, it is the the unfiltered narrative, I guess. I don't approach the podcast with any sort of specific uh, news topics in mind, although I don't start recording until I have something that I want to say. And you, you, you might be curious as to why this is called the Bully Pew Podcast. And, and originally my, my statement about that was, hey, it's just a play on words. Same way that, um, the same way that Teddy Roosevelt used the, the term the bully pulpit to describe the wonderful um, opportunity, bully being back in the day being a term for something that was that was wonderful or good or, or praiseworthy or, or or whatnot, and the pulpit, of course, just being the place that you spoke from. He described the president as having a bully pulpit, which was the his way of saying I have I have this amazing connection or this this amazing ability now at this point to communicate directly with um, communicate directly with the people. And so I, I, I said, hey, you know, this is an opportunity for somebody in the pews to also do the same thing, to directly communicate with the people. And it's mostly, of course, fellow pew sitters, but I'm, I'm always hoping that some pastors are listening to this, some vocational ministers, some that earn their paycheck in service of the Lord. I hope they're listening to it as well because sometimes, I hate to say it this way, sometimes y'all need bullied. Sometimes you you need someone from the pews to, to tell you the truth and tell you to wake up and tell you to pay attention and whatnot. And hopefully that can be me and I won't be, you won't be too offended. You know, I re- you know what? Honestly, I really don't care. Be offended. That's okay. It's, you know, this is, this is 2023 and everybody's offended by everything. So we might as well be offended by something that's true. <laughs> and so you are driving with me, as you might be able to tell, you're driving with me across the greater Denver metro area on the morning of Monday, um, March 13th, 2023. And it is, a, it is a lovely day out here in Colorado. Colorado has a ton of sunshine, believe it or not. And while it seems to have the reputation for snow all the time, we have snow that comes in and then uh, pretty much immediately goes away because it's so dry and because the sun cuts right through at this altitude. And so, yeah, today is just a, it's it's a beautiful Monday morning and, and another day that the Lord has made. And we should always stop and be thankful for that, that he has a purpose and he has a purpose in everything that's going on, including me driving with you right now and recording the Bully Pew uh, podcast. So a couple, a couple, um, a couple interesting things I wanted to just rant about, maybe not rant, but just, just talk about openly and sort of a, sort of a stream of consciousness. 
Um, it's not a secret to those of you that spend time online, especially if you are into content creation whatsoever, or if you read independent journalism like Protestia, it's not a secret that chatbots and AI, AI programs have become all the rage the last few months, both in terms of creating um, written content, but also in creating things like uh, artwork and, I mean, even even crazy things like code, building code and all of this. And it, and it occurred to me that I believe we are rapidly in modern society, we are rapidly approaching the point where uh, it, it will be largely the death of art and the death of ideas as we now know them in terms of how we see them in the in the public discourse in places that are outside of our our own home or perhaps our small local physical community that we live in. Um, we remember when social media started to become a thing. You know, Facebook started to become big, and you know this was post MySpace. So you know, MySpace was was you know maybe version one, and then and then we get into. Um, sites like Facebook where we start to we, we, we start to see these places quote unquote we start to see these these websites and these accounts and things that we log into as some sort of a facsimile of real world relationships some sort of a version of of real interaction except that um, it's real interaction with some extra bonuses and, and some some better things about it and one of those things of course being just being able to sort of communicate in new creative ways as information technology was now was now in the hands of the masses um, we could gather hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends supposedly and um, yeah, we gather all gather all of these friends together in this digital place and and hear from them all the time and and for for a little bit of time, um, it was at least sold to us or maybe we even convinced ourselves of this in our own mind that these social media interactions were were um, natural and normal and and special and and real in a lot of ways. So it wasn't it it wasn't very long with social media and the the um, widespread democratization of, um, you know, publication and content creation, I guess we could say it that way. It wasn't very long before um, we, we basically had convinced ourselves in our, in our own minds that we could be everywhere at the same time. We could be anywhere, everywhere, which, which of course, if, if we're saying that place and time is wide open that we can exist in all times and all places and know everything we can have this sort of omniscience and also omnipresence um for human beings what that really means is that we we don't live anywhere we don't we don't we don't actually have a place we don't actually have a time um and in the same um in the same understanding of um if everything is real nothing is real or whatever, however you want to say that, the same is true about um, ideas. The same is true about artwork. The same is true about part of what and 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 we've you know human human uh, you know artist civilizations have always talked about um, this idea that part of what makes things beautiful is there is that they're temporary that they're that they're only there for 
a certain amount of time or in the case of ideas that they're unique, that they're special, um, that, that it's not just another idea. It, you know, it's not just in a, in a sea of limitless stuff. It's, it's temporal. And the same, this, we're, we're about to see that we're about to see this shift in the same, in the same way that social media has in, in while promising us to, to, to connect us more and give us better relationships and more relationships and, and really be this improvement in, in human interaction. It's actually given us the opposite of that. It's given us the opposite of that. You'll, you'll notice that at the same time, we've supposedly been sold this idea of, hey, we've never been more connected. At the same time, we're seeing rampant increase in depression and rampant increase in loneliness and disconnection and feeling like nothing is real. And to an extent, that's exactly what's happened. Even our, what, you know, you know, basically our need or our, um, that emptiness inside us that seeks human interaction and seeks relationships and you know, seeks to be real with people, whether that's family, friends, you know, co-workers, whatever, has been replaced with a digital alternative. People don't feel the need to actually invest in real relationships and spend real time with real people and, of course, um, go through the 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 natural compromise that happens when you have a relationship with another person whether it's a friendship or or romantic relationship or whatever um, we don't need to do that anymore because we 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 have this device in our pockets that gives us a constant feed of um, at least part of the the positive emotional um, results the positive, I would argue the positive spiritual results of real relationships. We have a device in our pocket that gives us that anytime we want. Oh, and by the way, it's, it's entirely on our own, um, on, by our own preferences. It's, it's entirely up to us to decide the nature and the frequency and the type of, of quote unquote relationships that we're now going to engage ourselves in, which is, which is not healthy. It's not healthy at all to tell somebody that, Hey, all of your, all of your interactions, all of your relationships, all of the, 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 you know, the parts of you that make you, um, a participant in civilization, um, you don't have to compromise at all on those things. Um, you know, you, you run into a friend or a, you know, colleague or whatever on online and you don't like something they say, or they're not exactly what you want. Well, guess what? There's there's thousands of others there that are kind of like them, but you know maybe they get rid of that one thing that you don't like. You don't have to compromise on it at all. You can you can snap that person out of existence and pull up another one. But of course, I think subconsciously we all our human nature understands that that's not real. It's not normal. It's not natural. Um, there was a scene in the Matrix, which was of course the a, a huge movie trilogy. Um, about I think the first one was 1999, you know, which was the year I, I was graduating high school in 1999. If that helps, you know, place my age or or the perspective I'm coming from on this, but I remember it distinctly. Um, Morpheus, who was sort of the leader of the uh, the rebellion, as it were, 
for those of you Star Wars dorks that uh, need a need a different reference here. <laughs> but Mor- Morpheus is captured by the agents of the Matrix, and and in, in this movie, the Matrix is basically a digital a digital facsimile of reality used to keep human beings um, obedient in a way to their machine overlords. The human beings don't even know that they're not in the real world, and and yet they're sitting in a in a little. I don't know, a glass little tub just being energy for the machines. It's it scientifically it makes no sense, but the the principle of it still holds that, you know, to a large degree, our civilization, our modern civilization is already in the matrix, at least to an extent. Our minds are in the matrix, even even as our physical bodies move around the real world. Um, but there's a scene in there where um, Agent Smith, who's kind of he seems at this point like he's in charge. Um, but he, he he captures Morpheus, one of the one of the um, um, the rebels here, so to speak, and he's explaining why the first Matrix didn't work. He said, "In in the first Matrix, we we created the first Matrix to be a utopia and a paradise and a place where there was no suffering and nobody ever complained. Everybody kind of got what they want." And he said it was a, a massive disaster because human beings. Uh, kept trying to wake up from it. They didn't believe that it was real. And he he said that he thought it was because human beings define their existence by suffering. And so without suffering, they don't, our subconsciouses don't accept it as real. Um, but I, but I would argue that subconsciously we, we understand as, as a factor of, or as a component of our creation in God's image, that we, we understand what's authentic and what isn't, even on a subconscious level. So when we're fed a constant stream of, um, you know, sugary, simple, simple uh, sugars of social media, it's, it's, it's fake, you know. Or, or maybe it's like the diet soda of relationships where um, it's telling our minds, just like, just like artificial sweetener does, it tells our minds that we're actually being fed. That it's that we're actually being um, edified. That we're actually um, engaging in something that's that's real and normal and and good for us and part of our growth. But in reality, it's fake. It doesn't actually it doesn't actually exist. That's what social media has done to relationships, and and the perception of natural human interaction. Um, this this new emergence of AI being a celebrated and encouraged part of um, of digital society, so to speak, is about to do the same thing with art. It's about to do the same thing with um, ideas in general. Imagine, imagine, if you will, that rather than um, watching a movie, rather than, rather, rather than, you know, the latest, you know, action adventure flick that you like or whatever, you know, the next, the next Lord of the Rings movie comes out or whatever, and, and, and it's not woke, but it's awesome. Let's just, just say that's out there. Um, Imagine, if you will, that instead of everybody going to see that movie, everybody going to see that movie and enjoying it as a common experience, and we talk about it, and the things we like, and maybe things we don't like, and and you know, as we are um, um, engaging or experiencing in this art, uh, we have to we have to bob and weave, we have to adjust, we have to um, we have to wrestle with it on on the the terms that it exists and we may enjoy it and we may not enjoy it and um you know that that's real art and of course we know that real human beings are behind that creating those things we can see the credits if we stay afterwards and see the the you know sometimes thousands of people involved in the making of a major motion picture 
Now Im- imagine that instead of us all going to see the same movie, everybody goes to the theater or everybody sits at home and streams their their own unique version of the movie that's unlike anybody else's version. You know, at, at first at first uh, glance, you might think, "Hey, that'd be really cool because then I can get rid of the parts of that movie that I don't like, and put in parts I don't like, and and." And all of that, and there's, there'll be nothing to complain about because the movie will be exactly what I want it to be, which of course just means it'll be just a reflection of you and your preferences and 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 your standards, and and you know it, it'll be a mirror of you. Um, so you imagine that, that instead of everybody going to see the same movie, everybody's going to see their own movie. That's that's pretty similar to what social media has done to relationships. Right, but now take it one step further and say, okay, not only are you going to see your own movie here, your own version of the movie, but um, you 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 have access to limitless movies. At the snap of a finger, you can watch a new movie that is um, totally different and unique. You know, technically totally different and unique from anything else you've ever seen. It's designed for you. Um, or not, I mean, up to you, whatever, but, um, but you just snap your fingers and there's a new movie in front of you and snap your fingers and there's another new movie and it's, and it's, it is limitless. Um, instead of one personalized Lord of the Rings movie, you have a thousand personalized Lord of the Ring, Rings movies. And if any of those thousand don't work for you, there's a thousand and one, th- you know, a thousand and first Lord of the Rings movie coming next. That's this is what AI technology will is going to do to artwork. It's what it's going to do to ideas. Um, we're already at the precipice of this, where you can't believe that anything you read online has necessarily been generated by an actual human being. It'll get to the point where you'll listen to a podcast like this and you won't know is this a real person or not. This can be a be, because AI can basic can 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 read the words to you as well. Even the little, um, you know, the little ticks and things that help signal that I'm a real human being. You know, when I say, um, or, uh, or when I stutter a word or when I stop, a stop mid sentence to clarify what I'm saying, these are all signals of a real human being, but because AI technology is built off of millions and millions and billions and trillions of actual human expressions, an actual human interaction and all of this, it will be able to, to put those exact same things into whatever it creates. And so at some point you will be 100% unable to know, is this a real human being or is this a fake, is, is this a digital recreation of, of human beings? You, you won't know. And at that point, and, oh, and by the way, again, you can still snap your fingers at any given time and get yourself a new podcast. So if you're listening to the Bully Pew podcast and, and this David Morrill saying things you don't like or saying things you wish you could, that, that aren't exactly what you would like to hear, or maybe I'm just not talking about the topic that you want, right? It, it doesn't matter. You can snap your fingers and all of a sudden there's a brand new podcast ready for you to listen to that will tell you something totally different and you will be in charge. You, you will be able to wave a magic wand and make it say whatever you want. Not, not only that, but you will not be able to go to the internet and, and rely on anything that's being said um, because there may not be human beings behind it whatsoever. 
this is going to happen. We're already seeing this happening with writing. And we are seeing this happening with artwork. Where you're seeing what used to take somebody, um, you know, like a lifetime of studying and a lot of time and effort, hours and hours and hours to create something really unique and special. Computers are now able to do uh, to do this kind of thing and, and combine and meld these ideas um, it, almost instantly. It's going to happen to music. It's going to happen to, like I said, it's going to happen to movies and TV shows. There, there's already video content online right now that is generated um, from AI. It's generated by AI. Even the, I mean, the scripts themselves are generated by AI. And then the, the, the pictures that the video chooses or whatever to put together are chosen by AI. This is already going on. And it's only a matter of time. And, and, and maybe, this, maybe this is a good thing, or it will be a good thing at some point. And I'll, and I'll tell you why it might be a good thing at some point. If we get to the point where a lot of the, um, the interaction we have online is notably and necessarily understood to be a fabrication, or it's understood to be a fiction, it's understood to be an illusion to an extent... Um, human beings will quit relying on it so much. I mean, yeah, you're going to find some that just remain addicted to it, I'm sure. But hopefully there'll be some pushback at some point. There are already, you know, you know, ethics groups and things like that that are supposedly concerned with the use of this technology to do nefarious things. But it's worth a conversation to figure out if the technology itself is nefarious. If fabricating human interaction out of thin air or more specifically out of the information that we've given these systems through our you know naive participation in some of them already is a bad thing it it might be a bad thing and it might be something that cannot be redeemed because of its rejection of how god created us to work you know Obviously, the Bible doesn't speak specifically about um, the good or bad of a specific technology. But it certainly has something to say about how human beings interact with one another. And um, the importance of relationships and how we're supposed to, to care for one another and, and, and you know love our neighbors. How we're supposed to love those in the body of Christ as a witness. How we're supposed to care for our families. Um, the Bible does have a lot of things to say about, about human relationships. The, the question in, in this case is, do these tools, um, do they modify human relationships to the point where, where we're actually um, sinning in some way? I mean, you know, they are a, to, to the point where it's not clear that this interaction is, is not with a real person. I mean, I would argue that we're, we're being deceptive. We're being, you know, we're, 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 we're lying to somebody if, if, you know, it's essential that the communication is a human being and it isn't, or it should be known that it's a human being and it isn't, that's certainly a deception, but we've, you know, we, we've fed, we've fed, um, these kind of systems ourselves, um, in the same way, you know, social media, it, it, this should be well known to anybody at this point. I mean, this stuff's been around for so long that we should all, we should all, you know, intuitively understand this that when you're using a a software product like Facebook like 
you know, Twitter, whatever it is, you know, any, any, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, I mean, go down your list, TikTok, you know, whatever it is, it, you need to be aware that if you're not paying for the service, and I'm not talking about some sort of pro premium, you know, extra features kind of a level, but even just generally these, ser- these services don't exist on subscription fees from their users or something like that. Um, you know, Facebook is free, right? Your free account, free to use. Um, yeah, there are ways to spend money on Facebook. Even there are ways to spend money to Facebook, you know, actually send money to Facebook pursuant to your interaction on that platform. But the money you would send to Facebook would be to buy advertising. And that's, that's the, those are the real customers. The customers are the advertisers that, that place advertising. And, and the currency or what is being sold to them is your attention, and the reason that you are willingly um, um, giving giving the uh, company and the platform your attention is because they're they're trading they're trading something for your attention. So you give them your attention in exchange. You get um, you know interaction and entertainment and and uh, you know connection and communication and all of the things that that you go to Facebook for. Um, you're not the customer there. Of course, you're you're the product. Your attention is what's being sold, and your attention is given by you in exchange for the features of the platform, the benefits of the platform. But that being the case, it's Facebook, or, or I'm using Facebook because it's a platform I'm very familiar with, but their goal is, is to get as much human attention as possible to sell to advertisers as many eyes as, as much as much interaction as they can possibly get and they of course they get that by offering things that people want that's why they spend their time there and, and give the platform their attention we know this but if and when these platforms can get a lot of your attention by any means they will do it by any means so if they if they can get your attention by giving you something authentic that you really value great if they can get your attention by making you mad great if they can get your attention by um uh, manipulative algorithms and things like that that continually feed you you know they're they're like a a, a, a serotonin drip um a drip of happiness and they can just keep that going they will do that and that's kind of what they do people have this idea that they get on social media um, sites and start using social media platforms and they're in some sort of unified space or something. They're, they're in a place where they're seeing, you know, like a town, like a town square, like a town hall where there's, everybody's there and we're all interacting and it's, and it's, and it's open and it's, it's similar and, and whatnot. And that's just not the case. You get onto a social media website and you are looking at a personally curated feed of information that nobody else sees yeah might they see some parts of your feed on their feed sure but the story or the the narrative or the reality that's being presented to you is 100% unique it's all yours and of course this is highly addictive I mean our human mankind's first sin I mean the thing that brought uh, Adam and Eve into into sin to begin with was this desire to um, be like God. It's it it is the it, you know I would argue the core of human sinful nature is a desire to be um, transhuman, to be above humanity, to be more than human, more than our 
our the the restraints of our created nature and that's exactly what i mean at this point that's exactly what the internet sells in total it's why we're all so addicted to it i realize the irony of this is you're as you're listening to this podcast over the internet you're streaming this over the over information networks that uh pretty much every every person that I know and maybe it's just because I spend a lot of time with people that are on the internet but um, we're all addicted to these technologies these technologies give us a glimpse and an opportunity to be like God to see more than we would normally see to quote unquote know more than we would normally know even though I would say that you know if you can't know it without the internet you probably don't know it um, but it, like it doesn't matter like you don't need to know it because you have a device in your pocket that can tell you at any time. Um, not only that, but we are, we are, we're approaching the age, and maybe we're already in it now, where it's not just you knowing infinite things online, it's you creating infinite things online, or things being created for you infinitely, infinitely online. But again, if you can determine your own reality... And every human interaction, everything that you see, every piece of art that you um, engage with, uh, every idea that you consider is now its own unique thing designed entirely for you. And at any given point, um, you can you can snap your fingers and it changes and becomes and becomes whatever you want it to be. There'll, there'll be no growth there. You won't have to change. Um, there'll be no price to pay in relationships or um, in interaction by by you um, disagreeing with something. In fact, I mean, the, in, instead of you disagreeing and then potentially having to grow and change or you or you disagreeing and having to remain in your disagreement with somebody and, 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 um, and tolerate that, you'll just snap your fingers and all of a sudden the world will agree with you. We're already dealing with that online, right? You know, if, if, if someone doesn't agree with us, we block them. If, if, um, if, if somebody, uh, doesn't have exactly all the same beliefs that we do, we snap them out of existence, you know, or, or we, you know, we, we fight back against them and then they snap us out of existence. I mean, whatever it is, we're already dealing with this, with, with this reality right now. And it's 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 dehumanizing to the point where um, I would argue it it contributes to a lot of these social maladies that we are seeing right now. We, it's I mean the way that people the way that people treat each other online is just the next step in the way that people treat each other while driving down the road. When when you I'm driving on the highway right now and when I look at the cars around me I don't see people I see you know. I, I see uh, faceless vehicles. Like, I know in my mind that they're driven by human beings, but I don't know those human beings. They don't have faces. You know, they don't, they don't have faces. They don't have stories. They don't have backgrounds. They don't have families. They don't have, you know, hopes and dreams and beliefs. And, you know, I don't, I don't see uh, image bearers of the Almighty. I see machines. And it's it's... I mean, people treat each other on the road when they're driving in ways they would never treat each other face-to-face. This is very clear. Um, online is not much different, except that it hides what it is, or, or it kind of lies about what it is. So online, you're still dealing with generally, you know, faceless faceless uh, people, faceless interactions. A lot of, I mean, 
even the folks that I consider friends and allies and, um, you know, Christian brothers and sisters who are doing similar ministry, um, and as much as I appreciate the work they're doing, I mean, let's be straight. I don't know them. You know, we, 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 we have common beliefs and we know where we agree and disagree. And, and we, um, we help each other in terms of working through ideas and staying apprised of things and whatnot and, 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 and doing discernment work. But I don't know their, their, their life or their families or what's going on in their church or how their children are doing or, or the names of their children or how many children they have. I mean, whatever. Go down the list. I mean, yeah. so, so yes, I can say intellectually, of course, we're brothers and sisters of Christ, and that's really important. But we still remain disconnected from being in a common, a common place and a common time. Um, there is a there is a kinship born of the spirit, which is the most important kinship that we can be talking about. Um, but God certainly designed human civilization to be temporal, to be about place and time, to be about those closest to you. We're taught to love our neighbors as ourselves. But logically speaking, your neighbor starts with the people closest to you. Starts with your family. Starts with your community. Starts with your church, of course. Um, and, and then and then it moves out from there. Uh, the internet has sort of given given way to this idea that we're we're part of, that we can that we can actually in a biblical sense be part of some sort of global community where we can actually love everybody the same as we love close those closest to us, which is insane. It doesn't make any practical sense, um, and and it's empty. You know, the, and the more we tell ourselves this, the more that we push this idea um, that we can be everywhere at all times, and we can we can think universally and love universally and be universal. The more that our human nature, and I would argue the parts of us um, made by God to reflect His image, uh, those parts of human nature know that that we're telling ourselves a lie. So there's a, there's a dissonance there. There's a cognitive dissonance, a spiritual dissonance when we try to disconnect from our place and our time and, and our temporal nature. Um, you know, man lives, it's, it's appointed once for man to live and then die and then face judgment, right? That we're, we're not, we're not designed emotionally, spiritually, you know, psychologically, if you want to use uh, a more secular uh, framework, the truth still holds on this. Um, we're not designed to transcend the, the, the temporal um, existence of this life, whether that's by place, uh, mind, emotion, idea. And the information age has, you know, dangled that, um, that tree in front of us and said, you know, eat this, eat, eat, eat this fruit and you will know good from evil. Eat this fruit and you will be like God. And we're all doing it. And I, I don't know, you know, I I can't, you know, I'm not the prophet nor the son of one. I can't see the future, but I, but I can see far enough to understand, um, the, the horrifying power of this kind of technology. We're right on the cusp of it. We're already at the point where, um, our children 
and and the next generation and even the current generation even the generation i'm part of you know gen x millennial whatever you want to say um i'm I'm kind of in the middle of those two but even our generation is being um severely damaged by our inability to um control or our inability to frame this technology in in a way where it doesn't um change who we are on the inside change change the, the the nature of human civilization and the generation coming up after us there i mean there there's a reason why suicides are up and depression is up and they feel disconnected and lost and nothing matters um we've 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 given them tools to allow them to um do whatever they want and when when you can do whatever you want see whatever you want believe whatever you want um you know, snap it out of existence and bring something new immediately. Nothing, then nothing is permanent. You know, and that's really that's really the core of the the um, societal disconnect. That's the core of you know what is you know why why we see such a problem with this um, in and in and out of the church. Nobody feels connected anymore. They don't feel connected because they're not connected. In fact, they're, they're disconnected. If, if, if everything is possible, then nothing is real for human beings. And it, like, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence that the word of God is written down, unmovable, written down for all time. Um, it, is, it, it demonstrates something about the very nature of reality, the reality that God has created, that his word doesn't move and his truth doesn't change. And, and I mean, you know, scripture describes this as building our house on the rock, a rock of biblical truth. Well, the idea here, and, 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 and again, it, it's a metaphor, obviously it's not a literal rock, but it's the, the idea is it's unmovable. It's unchanging. It's something that we can ground ourselves to and not be, and, and, and not be afraid when we see everything moving around us. Um, and it's, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to change. It's going to, it's going to keep going this direction. Um, even, even our, I mean, our Christian friends online are already, uh, availing themselves of this technology just for, for entertainment purposes. But I don't think, I don't think they, that they realize, they probably don't realize that they are, um, they, they are toying around with something. Not, not that they're toying around with it will make this happen, but they are toying around with technology at this point that um, in the not-too-distant future will be used to destroy art, destroy ideas, destroy um, human connection, at least to the point where anything on the Internet about human connection is real at all. And, you know... I, this is coming, you know, stay true to the word, stay, stay connected, uh, to your, your family and your local Christian community and the, the, the support structures that God has designed and, 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 um, and, and prescribed in his word because it's, it's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get more rocky. I'm not sure that there's anything we can do about that except, you know, pray that, um, pray that God's will will be done and that he will, um, he will maintain his remedy. He's already promised to do that. By the way, it's a little a little Christian life hack. If you want to hear from one from me, if if you want God to answer your prayers, 
And certainly if you want him to answer your prayers in the affirmative, pray for things that you know he's already promised. We are, we, we're called to do that. You know, thy will be done, right? Um, anyway, I, I hope this conversation has made you think a little bit. It's made me think even as I've been talking about it here on the Bully Pew podcast. Stay tuned. And the irony of this, of course, after I've just talked about how damaging the internet can be, I realize the irony of this next statement, but stay tuned to protestia.com. Um, read the latest in polemics and discernment news and, and understand that at least as much as we can spread ourselves thin, we're real human beings. And we will really converse with you and we will really be as open with you as we, as we possibly can be as much as, as much as it's safe in the wild, wild west of the internet. This is not a chatbot. This is not an AI-created podcast, which I think has already been done. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't even want to search for it to find out because I'm, I think I'd be horrified by uh, figuring out that it's probably already become a thing. But this is not that. This is a real person. This is real, you know, almost 42-year-old flesh and blood uh, Christian man over in Colorado talking to you right now. Thank you so much for listening to the Bully Pew podcast. Um, I'll talk to you next time. Have a good rest of your week.